It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap ball. Hand off Jacobs. That's the first down of the goal. 15, 10, 5, touchdown Raiders! Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Shotgun snap to Stidham. Lobs to your corner for Adams. Makes the grab in the corner. Touchdown Raiders. An absolutely perfect pass. And Adams dragged his feet in the back left corner. And now, filling in for JT today is Harry Ruiz. The weekend is here. Well, for a lot of people, the weekend starts on Thursday. For me, it usually starts on Friday. I heard Bobby say almost. So for you, it's Saturday and Sunday when most people don't work. But it's Vegas. It doesn't have to be the weekend to party to have a good time, right? And now it's the Friday, so we're closer to those two days, Saturday and Sunday, the big days. There's no such thing as an off weekend anymore. It's football season. Oh, exactly. There's we, no. There's thing. no more off time. There's I, no, I'm not going to get a weekend day off until bleeping February, maybe. I was like off weekend. I was like, I'll get off days. I'm lucky. I'm the way they're working it right now. I might end up having to take a weekday off because they're booking me solid through the through the entire fall on Saturdays and Sundays. The way you and I are working, Bobby, there might be another day added to the week just so we can work more. And you know what? I'll take it because it might be able to be, all Not right, me. let's split it up a My little bit. My old man ass needs a break. Screw that. <laughs> Bobby Machado, our producer here in the studio, rocking his throwback Boston Red Sox hat that I love it because it shows like the the passion of your team. It's a dirty one because it's you've worn it for a lot of years, how it should be. I'm wearing a new Raider hat. Shout out to the Raiders for hooking it up with that. But I love it that you got your old Red Sox hat on. It's going to rain all weekend. I figured I better start breaking out some of the fall gear a little. There you go. Yeah, it's crazy. We're in Vegas. And mm. so I had my blinds closed and I was like, I, I love darkness when I'm asleep. Kay. And it was what, like 8.50 in the morning. And now all of a sudden I hear like thunder. I'm like, whoa, I'm in Vegas. Mm-hmm. It's August. We're not supposed to have this. But then they say in monsoon season and this and that. I'm like, ah. Well, you get used to that. I mean, this this is kind of a weird town as far as rain goes because it might rain a little bit on the west side, a little bit by the airport, and nothing on the east side whatsoever. <laughs> it's going to snow on the uh, in Summerlin. Up by and Mount then Charleston, yeah. And then it's sunny in East Las Vegas. I was sitting outside having a cigarette a couple of days ago. I'm sitting there getting rained on, and it's sunny out. Yeah, exactly. It's it's Vegas. I always say it, the bipolar weather of Las Vegas, Nevada. I think it's going to be kind of funny. See, I mean, I grew up in Boston, so I'm used to hurricanes. That that that's no new turd to me, but you you got I mean you guys can't drive out here in just simple sprinkles. What you're going to do this weekend? I have no idea. I can. Other people can't. I, <laughs> I'm used to it. Everybody's an expert. It's everybody around them that can't drive. I know. The first time I ever drew in snow, though, I was freaked out. But I was like, okay, just chill and drive and don't do anything stupid. Just, just go into the skid. That's all you got to do. Don't do anything stupid. And the, the weirdest part, now we're just drifting to other things. I was in Colorado calling a UTEP basketball game where the weather was beautiful. We flew back to El Paso, Texas, and it was snowing. I was like, "Wait, it's supposed to be the other way around. It was supposed to be snowing in Colorado and sunny in El Paso and they just Traded weathers that day. I'm just born and raised in Boston, so I'm used to crappy weather, so I know what to do in a hurricane. I'm born no and raised deal. in L.A., lived in Torreon, Mexico and for 12 seen, years. Which means you've seen rain, what, three, four times in your life? Desert, <laughs> and then back to L.A., El Paso, Texas for four and a half years. Desert, now in Vegas, desert. But 
I'm I'm a good driver. I'll say that. I enjoy driving, and I'll take a, a good yeah, job. Everybody else here enjoys driving, too, until it just starts to get a little wet. Exactly. Be careful out there, Las Vegas. If it rains, chill. And talking about raining and all the weather, if you're in Las Vegas and you want to avoid all the weather, just go to Resorts World. I mean, that's a fantastic place to just get indoors and forget about what's going on outside. And in Resorts World, you can head out to the Golden Tiki Lounge there at Resorts World where it's a tropical getaway. Enjoy their delicious island-inspired cocktails and soak up the lively atmosphere. My favorite part, their locals special. Buy one, get one free every night from 8 p.m. all the way until midnight. And also, talking about Resorts World, download the Resorts World Las Vegas sports betting app to place your bets anywhere in the state of Nevada. After talking about that, now I want to go to a sports book and just sit down and watch sports. I haven't bet on sports for a couple of years, but I can dig a rainy afternoon with 17 different screens, with 17 different sporting events. And there's going to be preseason action as well. Today, there was already preseason action with week two of the preseason out here in the world of professional football last night. The Cleveland Browns and the Philadelphia Eagles, they faced each other off in Philly. And let's hear some highlights from that game with the Cleveland Browns taking the lead in the third quarter. In the shotgun, it's Mon. The Browns are 6 for 14 on third down. Third and seven. Mon looking, throwing on the right side. Juggle oh, caught! Watkins got it, and he skips into the end zone for a touchdown! Austin Watkins does it again! Kellen Mond went 12 for 24 passes attempts, 12 completed, 126 yards and one touchdown. But let's talk about the rookie quarterback out of Las Vegas, Nevada from Bishop Gorman via UCLA, Dorian Thompson Robinson. 13 passes completed for 164 yards, zero touchdowns. He also added four carries for 18 yards. Let's hope that this third quarterback rule that they got in the NFL for this year definitely allows him to be out there on the field. And who knows, with the way the NFL is played nowadays, a couple of injuries away from being out on the field is DTR. I remember when I moved to Vegas, he was uh, towards the end of his high school career. He was killing it with Bishop Gorman. Now he's in the NFL, and it's great to see him out there on the field. So the Cleveland Browns, they took a 15-10 lead. They were winning 18-10 late in the game, but the Eagles, they were able to level it up. On first down, it is play action on the run. Complete. In for the touchdown goes Brady Russell. On the run, Tanner McKee, 23-yard touchdown. And they'll go for two. They went for two. They got it, and in typical preseason fashion, there's the tie. 18-18 to between these two squads. You don't need overtime in preseason. I mean, the teams, they want to finish these games as soon as possible, get out of the field as healthy as possible. Tanner McKee, he saw action yesterday, as you heard right there in the highlight, but also Marcus Mariota, the former Raiders quarterback. He also played in this game. Nine passes completed and 17 attempts for 86 yards and an interception. There is more preseason action 
going on today. Panthers at Giants, 4 o'clock. Bengals at Falcons at 4.30 p.m. And then tomorrow's slate is a long one, concluding, of course, with the Raiders and the Rams at 6 o'clock and the Cowboys versus the Seahawks at 7 p.m. Bobby, preseason football, in or out? In. Absolutely in. You know, the one thing I love about preseason football and the NFL Network is that they'll just keep running, rerunning those games all night long. I could just put on the NFL Network and just have games until sometime in September. Absolutely. You get to I'd, watch. I'd love that stuff. I think it's great. Three o'clock in the morning, I can't sleep. NFL Network, I'm watching a ball game. I'm good to go. 3 a.m., you can't sleep. Get some melatonin, man. Go to sleep. Uh, a basic Browns game will do the same effect, really, <laughs> to tell you the truth. It's like, hey, if you put the Browns on TV, there's a good chance that you will fall asleep. Oh, especially second time watching it. Yeah, I was out. No problem. <laughs> Great one right there from Bobby. Me, personally, I'll watch preseason football if it's the Raiders because I'm interested in my team. If it's anybody else, it would more than likely be our divisional opponents, like Broncos at 49ers. I would watch that. Chiefs at Cardinals. I would watch that. But then when it comes to just Browns-Eagles, no starters, I'm like, eh, I'll pass. I'd rather watch Dodgers baseball over that any single day of the week. The only thing that I would watch Dodger baseball over the Raiders, sorry, the only thing I would watch over Dodger baseball would be Raiders football. And I have to because I'm working the games. So even if I wasn't working the game, I would watch Raider football over Dodger baseball because I got 162 Dodger games and I only get 20 Raider games. Yeah, but you got to admit, it's a little different when you're working a game as opposed to when you're sitting at home watching a game. Yeah, I could be able to put my phone on the side and be like, all right, there's a Dodger game. I'll keep focus on the Raider game. I'll just keep a, the phone on the side to be like, keep keep myself updated. Yeah, I mean, when, you work, when you're actually working a game, you can't just hit that little pause live TV and go have a cigarette and come back. It don't work. Oh, no, absolutely. That, that's a good thing that I don't smoke. I don't need that cigarette break, but I do need a bathroom break here or there. I do need that break to go get some popcorn or something. It's, tough at, the, it's tough at the stadium. I'll tell you that. Oh, God, I haven't been to a stadium in decades. I got, well, for me broadcasting it, yeah, I, yeah. I got like that quick break has to be like, I, and fortunately it seemed like I mastered it down in this past game where it's the last commercial break at halftime, that last three minutes, where the bathroom line is has disappeared and just run, go to the bathroom and run right back. I got a new broadcast partner, so it's like we're adapting and I got to get everything settled down and make sure that I'm there the moment that we return from a commercial break. And you see, boys and girls, this is how radio really, really, really works. Yeah, and, and I'll say I'll, this. I'll tell you, it's the same thing. We only got about three minutes. You got to do your stuff. You got to run and run back. That's how it goes. Yeah, and there's a big difference when you're talking about English radio and Spanish radio. Oh, yeah. For example, me. I've told this story before. I get to the stadium at 8 in the morning because I install our equipment. Mm -hmm. I make sure that everything is working uh, in my booth. You Mm -hmm. go to the English side, they have everything set up for them. And that's cool that they get to focus on the call, on the game, and that's cool. You got Q doing a magnificent job in the pregame show for Mm -hmm. two hours. Yep. I got to do my own pregame show for a full hour. I got to do my own postgame show for a full hour. And you know what? I'm not complaining. It's the way that the business works. I'm on, and I'm honored that I'm able to do so. And it's like, hey, you put in, put your hat on and you do the work. But that's where you screwed up. You let them know you could set up the equipment. I didn't let them know, but it's like, hey, it's yeah, like, you, like what here you, do, you go. You, what you do is you go out to the game the first time you look at this stuff. You're I, I don't know what to do. With it. From then on, they'll send you an engineer every time. There you go. We'll try. 
Hopefully, I'm just saying, you know. Hopefully in the future we, we get this ball rolling and it becomes a snowball effect and it's like, yo, that Spanish broadcast is so damn good. Let's make it sound the best possible. Let's send someone out there. Let's give him two engineers. Hell yeah. There you go. And I want to ask for Bobby as our producer on the Spanish side. No, Don't do that. Your last name is Machado. I know. It's like, hey, that uh, that has you on the... I don't want to go to the stadium. <laughs> if I could do all that crap from right here, glad to do it, man. If I actually have to travel anything for... No, to the strip? No, no, no. Not happening. Staying far away from it, Bobby Machado. No, I, I don't care. If, I don't care if they're giving away Guns N' Roses tickets for free and food. Not happening. And you know what? For the first time ever at Allegiant Stadium, I left an event like 40 minutes after the event, and I was stuck in traffic for the first time because I'm usually leaving Allegiant two and a half hours after the game is over. There's nobody there. Taylor Besides, Swift, huh? No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, if 40 minutes after the Barcelona game that I did the PA announcement. Oh, right on. Cool. Yeah, they, yeah. they didn't need me for more any more time, so I was like, all right, I'm bouncing. You know what? A completely off-topic thing. I actually saw a video of the Taylor Swift era's tour concert. It goes on for like three and a half hours. It's interesting. It's... um. Not my type of music whatsoever, but, you know, one little girl in the middle of a huge bleeping stadium, but somebody's out there buying their tickets. Apparently, somebody likes that music. Yeah, I'm not one of them. They're making money like crazy with that tour. And Apparently, she's like the eighth largest income in the world at this point. Good for her. Good for her. Get that working, girl. Get that money. I wish I had that kind of talent to just be in the same scenario, but I'll just be the little person all the way at the top of the stadium holding onto the lights in our booth and doing my job. I'll get a T-shirt for my granddaughter. That's the only person in my family that would give any kind of a care. Yeah, but that's a cool thing about Allegiant Stadium, the Raiders, being able to have this football stadium in Las Vegas with a capacity of 65,000 people. You get events out here that in the past – you were hoping that they would come to Vegas because of all, all the glitz and glamour that the city has. Now, you definitely get not one night, you get two nights of some of the biggest acts in the world because of the Raiders, because of Allegiant Stadium, and because of the money that went into it. And that's all wonderful. And now, you guys with Allegiant Stadium, if you're listening and paying attention, listen carefully. Go book some rock festivals. You know how like they have those huge rock festivals over in Europe, like Hellfest and Wacken and Download? How about booking some of that stuff over here in Vegas? Can we do that maybe, please? You know what? I was there for Metallica, and I had a blast at that concert. Mm. I needed two days, no, not two days, two weeks to recover from all the headbanging and all the jumping <laughs> and all the singing. My voice was gone, so Aww. I was happy. It was during Raiders offseason because I didn't have to uh, yell much. But, like, for example, I didn't like the openers. Not my cup of tea, Greta Van Fleet and Ice Nine Kills. So I had a club seat, mm-hmm. so I just chilled in the club. And once Metallica started, I was like, I'm sorry if I'm bo- around bougie people. I'm going to jump, and I'm going to sing, and I'm going to headbang, and had a great time. But, yeah, get some rock festivals. Get Bobby out there at the stadium for once. Yeah, get one of those big three-day festivals where they have, like, Slipknot headlines one day and then, like, Iron Maiden headlines another day and, like, Metallica headlines another day. One of those kind of things where it starts at, like, noon and they have bands all the way to, like, 2 in the morning. We could do that. It's Vegas. We could do anything. Come on now. Do it all the way until four. Well, no, they might have their employees cut off at a certain time. But yeah, you get get a second shift out there. There's plenty of people out here need jobs. No problem. Just do it indoors.
There's cool festivals that go on in the Las Vegas, what are they called? The festival grounds over there, Sahara and Las Vegas Boulevard. But heck, you do it outdoors. Jeez, I saw Metallica and a couple other bands out there one time. Brutal. Oh, my God. But it was when they first bought it. There was no water. It's 100 and bleep outside. It was just, it was brutal. I was not into that at That's all. That's why I'm like, hey, now you got a stadium. Do it inside the stadium. Hmm. Have but it's up to time. you guys to book this kind of stuff. Stop booking this BTS and Taylor Swift nonsense. We want Hellfest. Come on now. Well, you know what? I'll counter you saying BTS sold out how many days. Oh, yeah. That brought in money for the city, brought in money for the stadium. Taylor Swift sold out, I think it was two dates something that she like had that, at yeah. the stadium. It's working, but now add something more for a different kind of crowd. It, 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 the moral to the story is there's way too much babysitting money being passed around out there. Hey, but as long as it's money, it counts the same. If it's babysitting money, if it's any other kind of money, it counts the same. Jeez, it's amazing. Before, when I was in my, in my era, it's like you got a dollar an hour and you could raid the fridge. Now it's like, what do they want? 50 bucks a night? Now, not not for even a the babysitter? dollar. For a 14-year-old? Get hey, the bleep out. A dollar? It doesn't even get you anything at the dollar store anymore. Well, this is 1978 we're talking, and basically the girl was the one doing the babysitting. I was just hanging around. Yeah, no, let's make some money out here, and let's be able to go to Raider games and enjoy tailgating and enjoying a good time with the Raider Nation. Hellfest, Hellfest, Hellfest. Come on, man, make it happen. There's Bobby requests. Bobby's request today. Get Hellfest to Las Vegas. My request is Raiders wins. That's what I want to see on the field. Tomorrow, there's another opportunity for the Silver and Black to get a dove as they face the Los Angeles Rams at SoFi Stadium. Raider Nation, I want to hear from you what's going on in Los Angeles because I know there's parties. I know there's entertainment. I know that you're going to show up and show out in Southern California. Let's go to Grimaldi's as well. Grimaldi's is hands down my favorite pizza in Las Vegas. Only at Grimaldi's you get famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza that you crave here in the Las Vegas Valley with locations at Summerlin, Boca Park, on the Strip, at the Palazzo, Southwest Las Vegas at South Rainbow, and in Green Valley. For more, visit GrimaldisPizzeria.com. Our phone number in the studio, 702-365-9200. Call in, tell Bobby your name, and we'll put you on the air. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, the JT Brick Show. I think it's a bunch of BS. Back like, to the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. I think it's a bunch of BS. Like, I, I love how these guys get into the Hall of Fame like 30 years later and they're not, not alive to enjoy. Like, Ken Riley. Oh, Ken Riley morphed into a Hall of Fame cornerback within the last year that he got in? Why didn't he get in when he was alive? Ken Stabler. It, it just it bothers me. It really bothers me that all of a sudden, after a certain amount of time, because of some political BS, there's a push on a guy and he gets in because it's a highly political process and it's unfortunate. And Mike Shanahan is a Hall of Famer yesterday, today and tomorrow. So let's just make him wait and we'll keep making him wait because we only allow one coaching contributor. 
Like, who comes up with these stupid rules? All right, we're playing Metallica right now, but I would love to cue Justin Timberlake's Cry Me a River because, my God, ESPN's Adam Schefter right there going on about Mike Shanahan not being selected for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Cry Me a River. Yes, he mentioned Ken Stabler, but us in the Raider Nation, we know what's up. Ken Stabler, Stabler, Cliff Branch, Tom Flores, of course. And that, fortunately, Tom Flores was alive to be there and enjoy that moment. But Ken Stabler and Cliff Branch can't say the same thing. Or what do you tell me about a two time Super Bowl quarterback champion like Jim Plunkett, Lester Hayes, who keeps waiting, Jack Tatum, Dave Dalby, a three time Super Bowl champion center for the Silver and Black? Matt Millen, who's on our radio broadcast, uh, TV broadcast, sorry, during the preseason, he won two Super Bowl with the Super Bowls with the Raiders. He won another Super Bowl after that. No, no consideration. Schefter, cry me a river. We've experienced it forever, and nowadays, unfortunately, it's just like, hey, you know what? It is what it is. Is it politics? Yeah, we just gotta wait. If we had to wait that long to enjoy Ken Stabler and Cliff Branch finally being in the Hall of Fame and Tom Flores being in the Hall of Fame, and we still have to wait for Jim Plunkett to be in there, well, guess what? I'm not going to feel bad when people like Adam Schefter, who used to cover the Broncos, have to wait another year for Mike Shanahan, and especially Mike Shanahan, for him to be in the Hall of Fame. Keep waiting. It doesn't bother me at all that if we have to go through it, you guys have to go through it as well. Cry me a river. Let's keep it going here on today's JT The Brick Show. The day before game two of the preseason for the Silver and Black. It's going to go down in SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. Raiders versus Rams. Majority of the starters, I'm pretty sure, won't see the field. It's been the M.O. for the coaching staff to have them on the side and just throw them out in week one. But guess what? The work has been done for those fellas. Heck, last week we didn't even see Brian Hoyer. Why? Because the coaching staff loved what they saw from Jimmy G and Brian Hoyer during joint practices. They got their work done there, so they didn't send them out on the field against the 49ers. They allowed Aiden O'Connell to take the reins for three quarters, not only get his feet wet, they got soaked with three quarters of action, and the rookie passed the test. Trey Tucker, he also played in that game, and the media had the first opportunity to catch up with the Raiders wide receiver that is opening a lot of eyes, the 100th pick of the 2023 NFL Draft. Trey Tucker, let's hear his media availability from yesterday's Raiders practice. Trey, it looked like during, I think it was... 11 on 11, you came up with a, a deep touchdown uh, from, from Brian Hoyer. How'd that play kind of come together for you? Um, just preparation. Um, we've run that play so many times all throughout fall camp. So um, for me, um, it's just like taking another play, knowing what I'm doing. That's the biggest thing, knowing your assignment. And um, I knew my assignment on that, so it allows me to play fast. Obviously, everybody already knew you're, you're a fast guy, but Coach McDaniel said something that you made progress on is all the receiver stuff that, that helps you get open, obviously. How much progress do you feel like you've made since you got drafted? Um, I have a great room, obviously. As you guys know, um, they've helped me come along. You know what I mean? So um, thanks to those guys, and um, I'm continuing to uh, progress as fall camp goes. I don't think it never stops. So um, for me, um, just taking all the you know years that I have in my group and just trying to apply it to myself, 
and um, try to be the best player I can be for myself and for the team. How did you feel about your performance in the game, and, and what did you what did you take from it? Uh, first NFL game, um, the drops, uh, that's on me. Obviously, I'll get that corrected, you know, I'll work overtime, you know what I mean? So, um, great throws by our quarterback. Um, overall, I felt like I knew what I was doing. And like I said, again, it just comes with the preparation. Um, coach is big on that, knowing what you're doing on your assignment. So, um, obviously, we strive to be the best we can be, and uh, that's what I want to do. So. Several of your teammates yesterday commented that they thought the team was lethargic coming out or maybe not as energetic. Today, that didn't seem to be an issue. It seemed like on both sides of the ball, even better performance. Did you see it that way? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I know uh, when we went and corrected the film, there were some good things. Uh, there were a lot of bad things as well um, on our part. So um, we just try to you know, digest the film as much as we can and uh, get our heads right um, because, like he said, this is a unique opportunity to come out here and um, practice against them. So. Um, yeah, that's what we did. We took our, our meeting time yesterday and uh, tried to make the corrections today. That's good. Thanks, Ray. There you go. Thanks, Trey man. Tucker, rookie wide receiver for the Silver and Black out of the University of Cincinnati. He was the pick that the Raiders took from the Darren Waller trade. And let's see if he is able to become a weapon for this silver and black artillery offensively, which I would love for it to pan out in a fantastic way. And not because you already have Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro doesn't mean that there won't be a fit for Trey Tucker. Uh, we'll see him potentially returning kicks. We'll see him doing a great job with the offense, with the special teams. And it's a guy that he has all the confidence in the world from the coaching staff from the front office and we will see multiple weapons on the field at the same time and that's something that we've seen a Josh McDaniels offense do in the past now this is a new era with the Raiders with new players on board it's not just Devontae and Renfro in that wide receiver room that you look at and you're like yo the Raiders they're set in that position no add Tucker right there add Jacoby out there as well Jacoby Myers this is a wide receiver group that is steep. And then you look over at fellas that are competing for spots at the moment. Philip Dorsett. You look at Cam Sims. You look at Keelan Cole, who was key in some moments late during the season last year, who had the first receiving touchdown for the Raiders in this preseason from Aiden O'Connell. This is a group that is pushing each other. And when they have a leader like Devontae Adams, a guy that some of these fellas – they were watching him from their college dorms. They were watching him on TV, and they wanted to be where he's at. And now they're at that place with the same team. Now they want to elevate their game to that standard, and that's great that they're in there to soak up all of that knowledge, soak up and see what Devontae Adams does day-to-day -day that makes him great. And now... These fellas, these young fellas, they are able to try to follow those footsteps being next to him. So let's see if the Raiders, what they do tomorrow, which I hope, of course, it's first off, get out of there healthy. Get out of there healthy. That's the most important part, in my opinion, of the preseason. A 1B, 1A is healthy. 1B is keep getting better. Keep evolving Keep taking steps forward because when you see your team get better, that shows you that the whoever's on the field, if it's two, if it's twos, if it's threes, if it's four, they're all following the same line. And we saw this team be better in their game this past Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. 
The defense put their hands on those footballs. That was fantastic. The defense sacked the opposing quarterback four times in the game. Twice in the first drive. That was a three and out. We saw the defense get three consecutive three and outs to kick off the game. That's fantastic. We saw the defense generate two turnovers. That's great. We saw an offense that was managed in a good way that followed the instructions from the coaching staff. That is magnificent. We didn't see neither the top tight end or the backup tight end. You can switch them up however you want. Austin Hooper, Michael Mayer. We didn't see them, but we saw Cole Fotheringham be the best pass receiver in that that game, the best pass catcher in that game. So that shows you that even behind the one and the two, the three is doing a fantastic job. Now let's see the offensive line try to open holes that are better for this squad. Let's see this offensive line keep their quarterback up on their feet because they did it in this game. Aiden O'Connell was sacked once. I'll take one sack compared to what happened with the Niners that had their quarterback down on the ground four times. That's good. Give them time. Now a big question mark, of course, is the health of Dylan Parham the availability of Dylan Parham. We saw him out there at the in the game all the way until the second quarter when he got hurt. That's a big blow if he can't go, but that's a big if. We don't know. The coaching staff, the front office, they're not obligated in giving um injury report right now. That happens until week one rolls around. That's when you have to do an injury report. So we know what the coaching staff says. It's like no update, and that's where we're at right now. No update when it comes to Dylan Parham, who we hope to see back practicing on the field soon with the silver and black. They'll be back in Las Vegas uh, after the game against the Los Angeles Rams. Special shout-out to my friends Alex and Orlando from the DeCastro Verde Law Group. They run a fantastic law group out there. They manage it as a family their employees, their clients, everybody is a family for them, just like it used to be with the legacy brought up on them from their father, Waldo. Make sure to give them a call when you have a need for a lawyer. The DeCastro Verde Law Group is always there for you. Let's go to a break, and we'll be right back to close out today's JT The Brick Show. to the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. Well, let's load the box here. Darnold under center, and he gets the push. He didn't get it. He's getting pushed back if the Raiders could hold him. The initial push for the Raiders was great to stop that play. That should be Raider football. Raiders sniffed it out, Lincoln. You saw it first from up here. They knew it was coming. There you go, JT The Brick calling the fourth down stop for the Silver and Black, the turnover on downs. They had a pair in that game against the San Francisco 49ers to add to the interception by Sam Webb and also the fumble recovery by the Silver and Black also in that game. So two turnovers and two turnovers on downs by the Raiders in that game. And you heard JT the Brick right there on the call. Now you hear him right here on the JT the Brick show that is hosted by me today. JT, how are you? How's the weather over there in Southern California with that storm that's supposed to be rolling through? 
It is absolutely gorgeous in Manhattan Beach, where the Raiders are staying at starting today. And cool, Harry. I mean, living in Vegas all these years in the heat, but it is in the low 70s, a nice breeze. The sun is out, but everybody's talking about that storm that's coming. I think we'll be home and gone by the time the storm gets here on Sunday with the game tomorrow at 6 o'clock. But it's it's a real serious story on the news out here. No doubt weather's coming. Yeah, heck, I'm checking Google right now, and there's a hurricane local statement when it talks about Los Angeles weather. I'm like, guys, is that even possible? But, well, hopefully the Raiders are out of there in time, and hopefully nothing uh, absolutely bad happens out there with this weather alert, JT, because last year there was a weather delay in a stadium that has a roof over its head, and I don't. that doesn't make sense for, to me out there in yeah, L.A. with the Raiders. Yeah, that was kind of crazy. Yeah, that was crazy, and... What happened in the past here, that lightning game when Coach Gruden was there and had to take the team into the locker room. That, you know, I'm looking forward to going back to SoFi Stadium again, as much as I'm a huge fan of Allegiant Stadium because it's more boutique, it's more Raiders, it's just pure Raiders. This is a monstrosity, and it, it's big, and it's the Rams Stadium. It's not the Chargers. It's the Rams Stadium, and, and they just had Taylor Swift for six nights, one of the biggest stops in the history of music and they do a big job and what we're staying is pretty close to SoFi but I'll tell you Harry I was up at practice yesterday and out in Thousand Oaks and it's a long way away from everywhere where the Rams practice where their families live where their kids go to school is a nice area I lived in the valley in Sherman Oaks and Thousand Oaks but it's far away from SoFi far from Hollywood far from everywhere and Stan Kroenke's about to build a new uh, big established headquarters for them in the next couple of years. Still in the Valley, a little bit closer to SoFi. But L.A. is really spread out, man. And for the Ram players and wives and kids where they choose to live, it's not close to anywhere. It's not like Vegas where you can live in Henderson, go to the facility and be at the stadium in about six minutes. It's a different lifestyle out here. And it's not like the Rams just moved to Los Angeles. They've been out there since 2016. And I was actually just... You can say they're talking or complaining about it on the radio and the distances and going all the way to Thousand Oaks. And I was like, damn, these people got to go through this every single day when they come to practice out here in Vegas. It's a beauty. You go from Summerlin to the HQ. And how long is your drive, JT? I mean, my drive's 20 minutes from my house to headquarters uh, with no traffic. But again, the thing with the Rams and the Chargers down in Orange County and SoFi. And look, on game day, Sundays, it's a nightmare, but not for the players. Uh, they have police escorts, and they're able to get in and out. But for the fans, it's just crazy. Again, Thousand Oaks was great yesterday at practice as we get into what the Raiders did. Yesterday, I spent a lot of time with Mad Max. He spent a lot of time with Aaron Donald after practice. Uh, I, for me, the big takeaway is how great Matthew Stafford looks. Holy cow. Uh, he's not going to play, I don't think. I'm pretty sure he's not. He looks to be Matthew Stafford from five years ago. Jimmy G had a very good practice here. And the Rams went, went and won a Super Bowl, and they're kind of rebuilding. And they got a couple of really good players like Stafford, Cooper Cup working through an injury, Aaron Donald. But as I'm studying for the play-by-play, they got a lot of rookies, a lot of players you've never heard in this league, and they're going through a soft rebuild right now. The Raiders are not. No matter what anybody thinks of the Raiders, the Raiders have eight or nine legitimate big-time players in this league, three of the top 17. And that doesn't include Marcus Peters and A.J. Cole and Daniel Carlson, who are at the top of their games and position groups here. 
the Rams are going through some really weird, trippy rebuilds where they just won a Super Bowl. They still got some good players, but then there's a void of about 20 guys you've never heard their names, don't know anything about them, and they're competing for spots. So I think this is going to be a pretty competitive game tomorrow because the Raiders got a couple of position battles at defensive tackle, at safety, and especially at cornerback where roster spots are running out, Harry. And there's a couple of guys that we're going to be talking about this time next week on the bubble, and they better perform big in Los Angeles tonight and put it on uh, tomorrow night and put it on tape. How's this stat for you, JT? Nearly 30% of the Rams roster are undrafted free agents from this year. 26 of their guys were undrafted free agents this year. Yeah, tell me about it. I'm studying the chart now for the game, and it's like you just fill in the blank with these guys. But, hey, look, they did something that Raider fans want desperately. Raider fans want a Super Bowl desperately, and they should want a Super Bowl. But the Raiders have a plan in place, man. And a lot of people on the Rams side, I'm sure you'll hear this from Vinny on Vinny's show, a lot of people on the Rams side are very impressed with what the Raiders are doing now, how they're building this team, and how they're trying to bring in this current culture. Because there's been good cultures in the past. They just lost games. But the fundamental value now on how Dave Ziggler is trying to build this team and make it sustainable is catching on. I mean, I talked to a bunch of Raider fans in L.A. over the last couple of days. Most Raider fans aren't pissed off about the plan. It's taken two years for everybody to understand that Ziggler and McDaniels has a plan. And even the ardent, hardcore Raider fan understands the plan now, but they want wins. So you can now at least understand how they're building this team. When you see Tyree Wilson, Aiden O'Connell, when you see players come in, Marcus Epps, and you're like, I like these guys. And McDaniels and Ziggler got a good plan with these guys to help this team win long term. But most Raider fans don't want to hear that. They just want to win games. And it's countdown to the Denver game right now, Harry. It's countdown on Raider Nation Radio to the Denver game because I think Denver's struggling in the preseason. Uh, Russell Wilson's playing a lot, which to me is a warning sign. The Raiders have to jump the Broncos, jump them like a gang fight in Denver and win that game at all costs. I'm not going to say must win. I don't predict victories. I'm not here to predict wins and losses. But they got to win the Denver game. The Denver game opens up the schedule so you could look at Buffalo, the Chargers, and the Steelers a bit differently. And I think this team, they're trying to hold them back, rest the starters, and make sure they're peaking at the right time going into mile high. 22 days, 11 hours, 13 minutes, and 14 seconds. But who's counting, JT? I'm so ready for that game that's just a little bit over three weeks away, the season opener for the Silver and Black. Tell me your observations on the offense. I was out there on Wednesday. I posted a video on my Twitter this morning of Hunter Renfro just breaking one of their cornerbacks' ankles and doing great plays. It had, It's like 260,000 views now. What did you see from the offense that you liked? Well, you're right on Hunter, and man, you're, you're, I hope you're getting some, some payment with these clicks, especially with Mad Max being surrounded by all those Rams. That picture went viral, too. Hunter looks great. Hunter's in midseason form. He's healthy. He's ready to go. be interesting to see if he gets any looks coming up and any reps. It was good to see Michael Mayer out there running at full speed, which is important. I think this is a big game for Trey Tucker. As you know, he had a couple drops in the last game, but one was on a dive diving out to make a great catch. I don't count that. That wasn't a mistake. But I think they want to get Tucker going now. This is the time to see how Tucker can stretch the field, along with Jacoby, 
Devontae Hunter underneath and to have that deep threat. I want to see what Cam Sims does in this game. I want to see what DeAndre Carter can do eventually. I think his roster spot's fine because what he can do in the return game. And then the elephant in the room is when is Josh Jacobs coming? I'm not a stir-the-pot guy with Josh. I think Josh knows he's got to play on the franchise tag. We all know that. But now it's getting to the point where he's got to show up. And he's got to show up here to be ready for that Denver game. Because if I, you know, I'd like to see him be ready for 30 carries, 25 carries in the Denver game if they need it. And if he's not around, you know, those are some carries you want him to be ready to play. So I love what we see from Zeus, Samir White, Samir McCormick. I think they have good depth at the running back position. But this game for me coming up in this week in practice, don't know what's going to happen with Michael Mayer until tomorrow. I think we got to see Michael Mayer, the, 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 the defensive uh, excuse me, the tight end from the Raiders. It's time to feed this guy. Call him baby Gronk. Call him what you want. It's time to feed this guy. Let's see him run downhill in the blocking game. Let's see a couple of these eight-yard out routes, these six-yard in routes, where he can get in the window, catch it, and run through the pile and pick up a first down. He's going to be essential because he will not be double-teamed under any circumstance with Devontae, Jacoby, and Hunter. Michael Mayer, if he can release off the line of scrimmage at the tight end and get a quick release, it's going to be open early, and we know what Jimmy G did with George Kittle. We know that Jimmy G quickly can find a tight end and hit a tight end in stride, and that could be Michael Mayer in the first couple of games, which could be a difference in Buffalo or at Denver. Yeah, and after missing that game against the Niners, but coming back to practice on Wednesday, Michael Mayer, it would be fantastic to have him out there on the field if the coaches are comfortable having him out there. JT, you spoke about Josh Jacobs, so I'll ask you about Zamir White, who started the game this past Sunday. What did you like from what you saw from him? You know, I don't have a big, big, big opinion on him so far yet. I think, you know, he could hit the hole if it's open. Uh, it's preseason. He's playing against threes and fours, so I don't know how he can move the pile that big. I, I've liked him more at practice because I've been able to see him more at practice run hard. So, you know, my opinion on him now isn't crazy over the top because I haven't seen anything crazy over the top other than a guy who's got fresh legs, can run hard, was so explosive at Georgia when he needed to be. Look, if we need him, he's going he's gonna to be really good. They didn't draft some no-name guy. They drafted Zeus out of bleeping Georgia, just like Josh Jacobs out of Alabama. These guys are supposed to come in and be legit. Nothing against the running back from Tulsa or Cincinnati or Connecticut or smaller schools. When you draft a guy out of Georgia who's supposed to be a replacement potentially down the road and be a starter in this league, he's got to be good whenever they call his name. So I would hope if he gets called on in Denver, he's rested and ready to go. If he gets called on in Buffalo... But I'm a Josh Jacobs guy. At this point last year, I, I had no idea. I admitted it. I wasn't that I was wrong. I was just like everybody else. Like Josh played in the Hall of Fame game. Josh looked okay. I didn't think Josh Jacobs would lead the league in rushing. I thought he'd have a good year, 1,200, 1,300 yards, whatever. He turned out to be the best running back in football. We need him back. I understand that the market is trending downwards. We need him focused and ready to play. He is a great Raider at the legend of Marcus Allen, Bo Jackson, great running backs before him in this organization. His name is going to be called on quickly, and he's got to be at 100%. Josh Jacobs in this backfield opens up the passing game for Jimmy G, and that passing game needs to be going quickly on the road in Denver, on the road in Buffalo, home opener against Pittsburgh, and on the road here again in L.A. against the Chargers. 
We need that offense pumping, Harry. Sometimes what you need is a chip on your shoulder. Josh definitely had it last year, and he became the best running back in the league in 2022. I'll ask you this, JT, to close off the show. I saw your video on Instagram about the usage of your players, of your starters in preseason. If you're the head coach, Jimmy G, is he a go or not tomorrow, in your opinion? Yeah, we're going to find out tomorrow. We didn't have the production meeting until tomorrow, and we'll wait for what the coaches say on that. But I've always thought it'd be good to get Jimmy G a few reps somewhere in the preseason, if it's this game or in Dallas. He looked great yesterday. We spent some time with him, and he's completely healthy. So if you put a gun to my head, I wouldn't play him. He's just too valuable to play and get any type of nick in the preseason, considering what's in front of us early. If you know, Mahomes has played, Russell Wilson's playing, Derek Carr started with the ones, who cares what I think, but I'd hold Jimmy G out because Jimmy G's just too valuable. Aiden O'Connell looks like he's going to be really good and going to be a good backup in this league. We know Hoyer can play and knows this system well, but you know, I got Jimmy G right now in that glass case. I don't want to break <laughs> the glass open. Yeah. Don't need to. Let's have Jimmy G ready to go because at practice and seeing him around the facility and seeing him with the media – this is one great guy, man. I mean, they're all good guys when you get to know them like we get a chance to. But Jimmy G is just special. Everyone, man-to-man, both teams, other coaching staffs, the Raiders staff, people behind the scenes, all they can do is rave about the guy. He's one of those guys you have in your life, like one of your buddies, that you got nothing bad to say about him. He's just a good guy. And I've been employing Raider Nation on my show throughout the summer, get behind this guy. Forget about why you don't like him where he played in the past, what your brain is playing tricks on you. There's no tricks to be played. He's your bleeping quarterback. Only chance we have, we, I'm a season ticket holder, is Jimmy G being healthy and playing at a high level and giving the Raiders a chance to win many games, multiple games this year, because he's playing well. So don't be a problem getting in his head because you're not going to get in his head. He doesn't listen to sports radio. He doesn't watch Sports Center. He doesn't watch all that. But get behind him at these games and in this community because right now he's our quarterback and we need him to win. Absolutely. Make sure you're listening to JT The Brick tomorrow with Lincoln, with EA, 920 AM and 92.3 FM. Thank you, JT. Thank you, everybody that listened into today's show. I'm Harry Ruiz. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. I enjoyed being here with you guys. I'm sorry, Bobby. I thought we were wrapping up, my bad. And, yeah, Matt Millen, Rich Gannon, and Jason Horowitz will be on your TV on Fox 5 Vegas on the radio. JT, you just listened to him here today. Lincoln Kennedy and Eric Allen will be on 920 AM here at Raider Nation Radio and also on our sister station, 92.3 FM KOMP, the official homes of Raiders broadcast. Of course, you can listen to myself as well. Deportes Vegas, 1460 AM. Always a pleasure being here with you guys. Thank you to our partners Remy Martin, The Black Hole, Modelo, Resorts World, Grimaldi's Pizzeria, and DeCastro Verde Law Group. Have a fantastic weekend, Raider Nation. I'm Harry Ruiz. I'll talk to you guys soon.